Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind. It's the podcast for the busy gamer. And I am reading a book about crazy dead people. It's me, Michael, and in a decrepit mansion getting ads for a game that doesn't exist. I'm joined by Adrian. Coming to a store near you. And he's like Indiana Jones, but he's upside down. It's Matt. Da, 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 da. Where are the bad guys? I can't fucking see them. <laughs> and uh, the game that we've been playing for the past fortnight uh, has been creepy and confusing. It's Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, which I believe is only on the GameCube. Yay. And there it shall stay. No. Ooh, interesting. No. Controversial. It is locked there. It is imprisoned there. Unfortunately, it should belong on the Switch and the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. Uh, obviously, it drove you a bit crazy, Michael. Yes. Um, not, for the, not for the right reasons, though. Okay, so... Um, I just want to start by saying, is this a PlayStation 1 game? What? I don't know about you, but I do not like these graphics. It's supposed yeah. to be a Nintendo 64 game, actually. Well, that would make sense. So what? It was late in the N64 life and made its way onto the GameCube instead. That's what the third sentence on Wikipedia is telling me. And you can always trust Wikipedia. Was it a launch game for the GameCube? I'm not sure. June twenty, June twenty four, two thousand two. When did the GameCube itself come out? I can just hit. No one, no one truly remembers. It's been lost to the annals of time. Well, I never played GameCube. Like, I never owned a GameCube, um, and that came out in two thousand and one. Uh, but for Australia, so you could be in Australia. It's May. You get the brand new Nintendo console, and then in June you get this. Okay, so very early in its life, uh, and the. So I didn't like the graphics. Second of all, it's the first note. They're on the show notes. Stuff manual saves. I th- I wrote this down because I've been having a gripe. I've been playing a lot of older retro games recently. And in both, so Final Fantasy VII and this, and in both instances, got really far, got to a boss that, you know, maybe a little bit bullshit. Maybe I suck. Who's to say? And then lose like 45 minutes of my time. And I put this in the grind section because as a busy gamer, it's the worst feeling in the world. Oh, it's oh, yeah. no good at all. To Definitely. I, I'm I'm over old retro games in the sense of like manual saving. Every That's game like... should have autosave, even if you're bringing it across like you're porting it to Switch, autosaves. Yes. Yeah. Grow up. Uh, hard... We're in 2019. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> no, h- hard agree. But that's half the games we play are like the old games that we, you know, are reliving. So this is true. It, it's something that I'm kind of used to. I was playing. I I got a PlayStation Classic because they almost literally giving them away. They're like, "Do you want Fallout seventy six and a PlayStation Classic? Please just take it." <laughs> um, and yeah, playing a lot of those. And it's there was a part of me that it was like. Oh, wow, yeah, manual saving. This is great. And then I got Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, and I'm like, wow, I don't have to save. I can just do whatever the hell I want and quit and start playing another game. This is great. I don't so mind, <laughs> like, because I understand that this is kind of a survival horror game. It's very much like a Resident Evil uh, Silent Hill, um, the early ones in particular in yeah, gameplay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which, like, 
they're all about manual saving and they even have specific locations where you can save. At least this is in the menu. But I don't know. My brain initially, when I, so this was like when I first fired it up and started playing, my brain assumed that there would be some form of checkpoint system. I was okay if I had to manual save to like quit the game, but I died and had to start all over again. I had not saved. <laughs> yeah. I had made it to the end of uh, chapter two. And I'm just like, well, all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like when I had to save because it's like, oh, I'm getting off now. That's fine because that's like I'm done. But I wasn't saving, you know, mid-session. And I got all the way through chapter three, I think, with Karim. And got killed by the bullshit enemies at the end of that. And it was like 45 minutes of my life gone. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah. I li- literally just unplugged my laptop. I mean, my GameCube. Uh, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, no. And then well, turned my Switch on. <laughs> okay. We're like, we're five minutes into this. Uh, and we haven't actually said whether or not this is a game for a busy gamer. Because we, we're talking about the one, the, the one of the biggest things that really probably takes it into a no uh i i'm pretty confident to say that this is no territory because i base games for a busy gamer for myself as do i want to play it or do i want to play something else and i want to play something else even though this is like the idea is cool but it's not for a busy gamer because i want to play other games see i'm this particular game no but i want to play this but better I'll bring this up later, but this is a, a perfect remake candidate. Yeah. I, I'm i sort of, yeah, I'm a little bit torn as well because it's like, yes, I had to start again, but it's actually, the early chapters are quite um, snappy. Like, uh, I think it's, it's one of those uh, older games where the difficulty is is somewhat artificial. And I think games even like Dark Souls have helped me get over that in a lot of ways where you think they're hard, but you can just like run past enemies or like (laughs) the booby traps and the temple are not much of a problem. But if you hesitate, then you'll start taking too long. But it's actually, you can run about reasonably quickly. The, The combats, it works. It's kind of clever. We'll go into that in detail in a little bit. Um, but I'm, I guess I'm still leaning towards no because of the age of the game. But if we could make it modern, there is good stuff in there. My problem is it's not on a modern console. I'm not Gerard from the completionist. I don't have a GameCube that has HDMI functionality. I do have a laptop with save states, but that's beside the point. That's still an effort to use. Uh, it's the grind for a game this old is getting to the game like you have i have to at least you know get to my laptop open it plug in the gamecube adapter and there's too much effort when i live in a world where the console and the controller is one and the same and it makes cool (laughs) little sounds when the clicks in I live in that world. I, it's too much effort to play the game. 
and I know this is like the most first world <laughs> bullcrap grind, but that's how I feel. Like I can't connect it easily to my TV, which means I have to either sit at a desk with a controller, which is like sin to me, uh, or I watch it on a tiny screen on a couch, and that doesn't work because I'm not holding the screen because I'm holding the controller. It's, this leads to this first world problem that I have, and that my my problem is port it, <laughs> port it, and then give it oh, my, autosave. I think it's good enough to port, but I'd rather just get like a modern remake, like you know Resident Evil Two. Do that for this, you know, like port is good, but this game. Because here's my thing with this one: it's a really good concept. This. In my mind, this could possibly be the best, uh, you know, Eldritch Horror-based game if it wasn't locked behind an averagely executed, con- like, game engine and mechanic and all that kind of stuff. As an example, there's a lot of great concepts here, like the sanity mechanic or, like, um, just, just the mansion and the ideas and the, the cool story. It's just... It's just locked behind a averagely executed game this is like prime candidate for inventory management in a like it's a psychological horror action adventure you do inventory management but you didn't do any inventory management you just had infinite inventory management yeah i thought there was only gonna be six spots but then it just scrolls down yeah uh but we should go into our own inventory management unless anyone else has anything to say about the grind I think we're only Not going now, deeper right. next. If we're doing our inventory management, we've only got three three spots left, uh, th- three items left, and that is uh, the, the next games that we're playing. Can someone help me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not playing Braid, as Matt may have got confused with. We I are, in fact, stuck. playing... <laughs> we're, in fact, playing Bastion, which I'm excited for because I played it, like... A while ago, I remember loving it, so I'm keen to re-explore that and see if it holds up. I've never played it, so I'm looking forward to playing it, along with uh, the game, the two games after that. I've never played the next three games. Yeah, I've not played the next three games, but I own the next two, which is Bastion, as aforementioned, and Bayonetta 1, which I'm very keen for because I feel like... I feel dirty whenever I play uh, as, like, Bayonetta or Cloud uh, or Simon or Richter in Smash Bros. Because it's like, I don't don't have the right to play as you because I've never, (laughs) like... I've never never played your game. played your game. I feel guilty. Uh, But now I'll be able to play as Bayonetta and I'll be able to ogle her middle-aged witch body as as the hair slowly dematerializes. And we're playing this for different reasons. <laughs> I was just thinking, even with context, this 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 sentence is not good. I'm not on my game. I've I've become insane because of Eternal Darkness. <laughs> then the third game uh, coming up. This will be sometime into July because we will be jumping on at the release of Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three, which uh, for myself and Matt is a return to childhood in a way and adrian have you played any of the marvel ultimate alliance before no i've never played it before but look i'm down for any 
Marvel a- Marvel friend based action, which is the actual uh, genre they've called it. I can confirm. Fair <laughs> Along with the Lego Marvel games and the upcoming Avengers A Day, Lego. <laughs> so, what did you call it? Avengers friend. Marvel friend based action. <laughs> Marvel friend based. Oh. Action. <laughs> That's also there's a lot of that genre online. In yeah, the yeah. right circle. You just wait for the copycats when we get Marvel friend likes. <laughs> now, before I get into a big essay about why Quicksilver should have been an endgame, uh, you should rate us uh, on your podcast app. If you're on Spotify, it looks different now, and I don't like it. Uh, but you might because it means it's easier to listen to us because you just swipe right and we're there. It's like Tinder. It's like you swipe, we're there, you listen. You go, wow, this game broke Matt. Uh, (laughs) And then you can jump on our Facebook, which is, I believe, at no time to grind PC is the technical. No, podcast. It's no time to grind podcast. Okay. So don't go to no time to grind. Full stop. It's no time to grind podcast. Uh, Like at no time to grind podcast. And then there's that too, no time to grindpodcast.com. And you can suggest the next game to drive me absolutely mad so I don't know how to speak in my podcast. But for now, let's get back to Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. Or what you, What did you guys call it last week? It's Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. Not Requiem. Sorry, no. No, what was the, what, what was the phrasing you used? No, when I was talking last week, I was saying... Uh, the sequel coming out, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Redemption. No, you called it like forever, like you you synonymized, synonymized. Right, Right. forever black, I remember when I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Just as catchy. Forever black, I remember when I was saying. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) All right, I want to talk about the sanity mechanic because it's honestly, this is why I've been stuffing up talking this whole podcast is because I've got the page open. It is the coolest damn thing ever. Um, So the crate, like, so there's a sanity bar, like a lot of psychological horrors. And in this, when it's low... Things can get really meta. There can be a fake, like there's fake deaths, fake deleting of saves. Uh, your character recites Hamlet. There's like a blue screen of death as well. Yeah, that one was cool. Um, okay, so I there is a scripted one where after you complete Kurim's chapter, uh, it a fake screen message will appear congratulating the player for finishing the demo of the game and then a false sneak preview of the sequel to the game called Eternal yeah. Sanity's Redemption. And that's that's on purpose. Oh, that one's scripted every time at yeah. that point. So I didn't know that. Okay. Um, yeah, I got the blue screen of death, but I was like, that's not... I was playing at Windowed. Because <laughs> oh it's, it's over. The jig's up. Nintendo is going to come break down my door any second here. Uh, so I was playing it, and <laughs> the blue screen of death happens just in the window, and I'm like, you didn't get me. <laughs> you didn't, get you didn't fool me, but yeah, that's that's like it's cool ideas. Because um, all I thought it was doing was tilting my screen and making blood drop down every now and again. And then, like when it was really low, like I would enter a door and then enter the door again, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, but it's like not 
that's like not super cool. Uh, but I'm glad they got meta. I love meta stuff. Yeah, it was. If you haven't heard our one shot episode, or if you haven't played one shot, perfect example of great meta stuff. Do you think that it should have had a bigger effect on the gameplay, or are you happy with it tricking you? Um, because it sometimes. often doesn't have an actually detrimental uh, purpose. It just messes with you, but you don't. Yeah. Like, if you get killed by enemies and it claims the controller is unplugged, uh, it flashes white as if that never happened, and then you continue anyway. Um do you think? As long as it's making sure, like, you don't actually, like, turn off... Like, you know, if it fake blue screens and you, like, turn your thing off, you lose your data, that'd be kind of annoying. Like, as long as it's not messing up your actual playtime, I don't mind. It's it's cool. Like, I, like I said, I like that kind of stuff. Um, I just thought it would have more of an impact in the, like, actual gameplay. That's what I'm, I mean, you know, that you can, you can just leave your sanity low and just experience these... Um, you do Which start taking I... health damage if your sanity yeah. is empty. Yeah. But I liked it. Like, there was a point... So, I don't know about you guys, but I could heal sanity before I could heal my health. Yes, yeah, same. Um, I and once not. I could heal my health, I stopped healing my sanity because I was like, I want to see more of these. Uh, a cool one was, like, it kind of altered the story. Uh, this guy, I forget which one it is... Uh, I think chapter five, Max, he climbs down the ladder and then he's in an asylum with a solitary, like with the door for solitary confinement. And he's like, ah, I'm trapped. And then it flashed. And I was like, oh, so that was like a red hair, like red herring for the entire story. Like I thought that story was going somewhere else, which was kind of interesting. I, uh, and then the other one was I walked into a room as Indiana Jones, whatever his name is. <laughs> and there's all this ammo on the floor. And I'm like, thank God. And I pick it all up and then flash. Got none of it. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was salty at that one. Now, uh, this game has different gods that will change yes. the game. So which... As Pius Augustus, the Roman centurion at the beginning of the game, who turns out you initially play as the antagonist and choosing the god is the god that he is aligning himself to. Which yes. color did you pick? Because I don't remember their names. I didn't. I don't remember the names either. I went with red. Ooh. I, I think mine was green. I went with green as well. Apparently choosing red is the hardest difficulty. Ah. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. I mean, I'm not surprised. Red is the most badass color. So it's a, it's a rock, paper, scissors between them, and the one is sanity, magic, and de- and like health slash damage kind of thing. So if he aligns himself to the red, his enemies are going to be doing a lot more it's, damage to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, makes sense. And with green, the, f- the first thing I could do was heal myself. Um. Because the game obviously sanity won. or your health. Uh, it was my health first because obviously him aligning to green, the game then wanted to come at me for the rest of the game, going after my sanity. Hmm. Um. And so I guess no one picked blue, so I don't really know what the differences are there. Well, what was the mo- you know that weird boss monster when you do play as Max 
and you go down and you discover the city for the first time, what color was your monster? Mine was a red spider-looking thing, okay. or scorpion maybe. Because mine was green. So if you picked red yeah. and yours was red, then I, I definitely did pick green. Yeah, so he he brings the one that you chose at the beginning. Okay. So it was yeah. Yeah. that tall, lanky, sanity dude. I think Speaking of all these, like the different like alignments and stuff, the spells in this game and the spell crafting and spell casting is really fun. I really like it as, like, as an idea and just an execution. My only disappointment is that there's not enough shortcuts on the controller to assign stuff to. Like, I got like the first spell, you enchant green. Well, for me, it was enchant green, so I did that, and then I'm like, oh, now I can enchant red. Now I can. En- Champ blue. Now I can heal myself. Now I can heal my thing. And I'm like, I'm starting to run out of spaces. Um, and that's kind of, that kind of, kind of links back to the grind thing where it's like, oh, well, I've got to go into the menu every time, click through to the right menu, create, like, cast the spell. Uh, you know, so a bit more, yeah. again, like a perfect chance for a good, um, update, a good modern, you know, we've had, we've, we've come up with better ways to interact our controllers with a game so someone can surely come up with a cool a, a better way to cast these different aligned spells yeah i definitely agree with that although at, at some point i just went um heal and then i just was enchanting my weapon with i think red because i was like the seem i it seems to be doing more damage no matter the color of the person so i was like mm. heal it was Something like summon a trapper, heal sanity, heal magic, enchant, and like that's all I had. Like because I didn't need, I didn't need a specific trapper. I didn't need a specific enchantment. I was just doing, I was just doing what I was doing, and doing it mediocrely. I don't think that I progressed far enough to to have it like worthwhile. So I didn't really get to experiment too much with it. Um, I do like that you have to like cast it every time, and it it like says the rune name in like the deity you've uh, chosen. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I remember like hearing Mantrock, Mantrock, like because especially that one that I was talking about, the boss that is the color that you chose. Mm. He does like eight runes at a time. Yeah, and there's only three runes in the game. <laughs> So he'd be going like, Florm, Charm, Florm, 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 Charm, Mantarok. And you're like, I'm sure Cthulhu has a greater <laughs> vocabulary than this. <laughs> well, I think it's more like, obviously, we like, I only got, I mean, I got halfway through the game. And I, there were still like so many slots of stuff. And I was like, oh, there's so many like alignments and stuff I, and runes. I don't even know. Um, But I was like, man. Are we going to get it to cast like eight point spells? I don't know if that's, if that's too much crafting, like spell crafting for me. <laughs> too much power. <laughs> that been uh, but that, again, that's like, that's what I think this could be like the best, uh, like Eldritch Horror, because it's clearly based on like Lovecraftian yeah. horror. And I feel like this could be the like best Lovecraftian game because it's set in like this beautiful, spooky mansion that I want to explore. And I like the idea of like, you're learning the story through like old people's stories and chapters. And also like, how is this? I assume the person in the modern day is getting them because 
they're learning through reading the book. Well, everyone but Alexandra gets all the knowledge from the book the second they pick it up. She's yeah. the only one that's like had to work for it. <laughs> that's true. From which is kind of weird. <laughs> from sort of reading a bit extra and watching some video stuff, apparently all the other heroes are acting actually simultaneously in time. But her yeah. her book is like damaged and she needs new chapters. Whereas theirs is uh, complete. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense actually. Okay. Yeah, no, I buy that. Because you do have to go around and get the chapters yeah. to play them. Which I feel like there's not enough in between. Like you just go to the next spot, get the next chapter. Like if you figured it out like uh there's like that force field and you go like how do you do that and then you play the chapter and you're like oh that's how i do that and then you get there and you get the next chapter and it's like ah okay i guess i'll do this also the very first puzzle in the game the clock yeah is the only reason we know it's 333 to set the clock to is because that's when he died no, no. The, there was a clock. There was another clock that was permanently stuck to three thirty three. Oh, so the yeah. one in the that's in the main room is also stuck on three thirty three. Yeah, correct. Right, because there's a, like there's some notes on a desk near the the grandfather clock that you can examine, but then you don't get any description. You're just looking at a desk, and I was I was wondering if my game was like glitching, and that there was supposed to be something there, like his diary. Or something, um, but I was like, uh, I guess three thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really liked all those mansion puzzles. I wanted to spend more time in the mansion, exploring the mansion puzzles stuff, and less time in the chapters. Like they were like I not get- that they were hugely long, but it was like it was like ten minutes in the in the mansion, and then like fifty minutes on a chapter. I was like, oh, I'd rather like thirty thirty or like more in the mansion exploring and then you just read a little chapter to get like the latest rune. I wonder if it was a deliberate choice so that they wouldn't be compared to things like a Resident Evil. Because that like standing in that main foyer feels like Resident Evil 1 and I was like, oh, is this just like a knockoff? But then they obviously thought that their big selling point with that would be that they have different characters and different environments. It was almost a little bit... It was a little bit messy. Like, I didn't care about the characters because you're only with them for short amounts of time. Yeah, Yeah. I had that. Like, at the start, I was like, whoa, this is cool. Uh, And then after a while, I was like, ah, I don't care. I, I do believe some come back, though. Um, because I've in I read a walkthrough for some parts, and it was like, grab this, so when you play as them again, you have that item. Uh, and I, so I can't say if that's a hundred percent or if I misread that and misunderstood it. Um, but I think you do replay as them, especially because when, so when you get the book as other characters, you go into that like room that doesn't exist, and. Mm. there's statues and there's I think something like 12 chapters but there's only 10 statues so I figure you at least play um, as the same character twice does that math work out? yes it does 
like two characters you play as twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can only assume from that. I can't like it's not a confirmation. I know that they all appear in some capacity at the very end of the game for spoilies. Yeah, I'm happy to get into spoilies. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the ending. So Before, oh, yeah. I wanna say like I don't know if you guys know, but I was re again, I was like I was looking up a walkthrough as well. Apparently to truly finish this game you need to beat it three times, choosing each different uh deity as the um like fight when you fight so you pick red and then the next run through you click green and the next one you pick blue i don't know if the order matters but like that's how you get like true ending yeah and the and the reason being is because all three paths are occurring simultaneously in separate timelines and then mantarok who is this fourth deity who isn't part of the paper scissors rock um is able to manipulate time and space and combine these realities and they all kill the other three kill each other and then Mantrock remains and that's like the official ending after completing all three and i like that i like that if it wasn't such a pain to play and complete i really dig that it's like you all all that time it was the same game because it's like same instance even like it's so fourth dimensional it's almost fifth dimensional i don't know how quantum physics works be quiet but it's like that's part of cthulhu that for example the game call of cthulhu that came out last year didn't nail is because you're supposed to be so insignificant as a individual and that kind of came out because it's like oh you play as this one guy who wants to get laid <laughs> and then he dies because his his the girl he wanted to screw turned into a ghost because of an eldritch abomination. But that little kind of pretty insignificant speck that just had one moment of importance, but then divide that by three because it happened three times and those three times, he, like... He was he was nothing. Like he he could do nothing against the horrors that lied before him. Three times. That all happened at once. My head hurts. Timey wimey. I think like you're you're I'm like you, Matt. I'm like, I want to play this game three times over. Because it is enjoyable like the story is enjoyable and the puzzles are enjoyable. The combat is not and the janky controls are not. So that's why I'm like, I need a modern retelling. I want a remake. I'm sure someone could pick up this license and do it justice. Nintendo has it, so I don't. I don't know that they'll just give it away. Um, <laughs> I think. I think I would play it if I could just breeze through combat, just do the puzzles, and just do the combat. And I tried to do that, but. So I got Game Shark codes, plugged them into my emulator. Ah, uh, okay. And get this: when you put infinite health on in Game Shark, it makes the enemies have infinite health too. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine when you just want to run past guys, but you have to kill certain bosses. And so I was like, I can't. Like I, so I just stopped. I was like, no, I can't. I can't hack this game. I am not hacked the king anymore. Your time is as king is over. Your reign. I was just a speck of dust. 
This game does kind of feel though like a like it came out later than it should have. Like it feels like it was a gen late. Is what what context? Like what year? What other? What else was coming out at that time that you know so wasn't that janky? Competing games of that year were Morrowind, Age of Mythology, Super Mario Sunshine, Kingdom Hearts, and if you love all those games, oh. we did episodes on them because apparently we love two thousand and two. It's a big year oh, for quality us. year. Yeah, it's a decade from my birth. Yeah, you, you were know, ten. It's good I was, stuff. We were eight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's like I feel like it matches the quality of Morrowind and Age of Mythology in terms of like um, definitely graphics. Uh, like Morrowind, I feel kind of also had that jank that this has. Uh, but Super Mario Sunshine and Kingdom Hearts, like when you put Eternal Darkness and Aes Requiem next to those two, it's stop trying. Like you got a game, yeah. Are you gonna play like a very cool Cthulhu game, which oh, was cool? Or are you gonna play Super Mario Sunshine? He's a staple. You're not gonna say no to that plumber. How can you have beautiful, smooth movement controls like Kingdom Hearts and Super Mario Sunshine, and then? pop out Super Mario Sunshine, pop in Eternal Darkness and have this, like, it's the same year. How can you, how can that be that bad? Like, it's, like, okay, maybe it's, like, a choice because of the genre. They're trying to, like, do something like Resident Evil where the controls kind of make it heavy. and But it just felt unfun, especially when it was, like, attack, attack as they're getting closer. And then I have to, like, instead of, like, stepping backwards, which I think I wanted to do, you have to, like, you have to like roll, like turn around, like do a little loop de loop. <laughs> this game uh, on Metacritic for 2002, though, was nine out of 10 of the best games of 2002. Yeah, like it's, and I see why. Because if you were there, because you have to manually save for Super Mario Sunshine as well, I'm pretty sure. So it's like if you're there, if you're in that time, it would have been really good. And I get that. But I don't get Prince of Persia being that highly rated, but I get this. But so many other things, like, I guess maybe they, no, but they do count. Like, this is according to Metacritic. So they have counted A Link to the Past Game Boy Advance as the third best game of 2002. What did Eternal Darkness beat? What was number 10? Warcraft 3 Reign of Chaos. Oh, yeah. But also in 2002, in March of 2002, on the GameCube, Resident Evil 1 Remake, which yeah. was like one of the biggest games of the GameCube. And it reviewed better than that. I find that... Oh, but I guess people had seen it before, so they probably <laughs> didn't care as much. This at least was, yeah. was new and was trying to do something different, even if it played worse, even if it was yeah. jankier. Uh, yeah, I feel like like that's why it's like it's a really good idea. It just hasn't stood stood the test of time, and that's probably why they haven't ported it. So I, I'm down. I want it freshly made. I want you to take that recipe, make a fresh cake, serve it to me, nice and yummy, you, nice and warm. Are you ready to feel sad? Uh, Nintendo said they are never doing anything with the license. I don't know what. Uh, so the cr- creator or writer of this wanted to create a spiritual successor called Shadow of the Eternals. Uh, mm-hmm. It was due to be released on the Wii U. So that's how dead that is. 
Uh, I think they only made it halfway through funding, uh, and they they didn't make it. There's a trailer that is just basically higher res Eternal Darkness, like you know that level where you're um you're at a I church. think this rings a bell actually. Like, I think we were looking at it going like this looks dumb. <laughs> you, you you remember the level in Eternal Darkness with the church? Yeah. It is that, but just high, high res. It's 100%. I'm not even exaggerating. They took that church. The exact model. They remade it in a slightly better engine for the Wii U. Um, They made the upstairs as well. And then it got cancelled because they didn't make any money. Because, well, (laughs) I'm not going to buy Eternal Darkness for the Wii U. That's just not a good idea. I think now would be a good time to redo it. You know, this episode is going to release to hundreds of thousands of listeners who all will swell behind us and ask the developer to do a Switch version. Uh, it's that simple. It it really is a good IP. Like, they they should yeah, really yeah, yeah. do something with this. Absolutely. Even, like, a remake or a spiritual successor would be perfect. And you joke, but every time... Like, we've done so much stuff... And then coincidence has happened. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I'm not saying we killed Stan Lee, but we reviewed Marvel Spider-Man at a very inconvenient time. <laughs> uh, there's times when you were talking about, we well, were talking about MTG Online. It came out like the next month. Yeah, it's you know. So I'm just saying we have. The if you get nothing else here, you get the future. We have the Necronomicon. And we are trying to get these three dimensions to converge into one. And so Mantrock will reign. That is our job. So as we come to a close on this episode, guys, what's your final ratings? It's hard. I think if you like Call of Cthulhu and that kind of thing, it's def- find, find some time. Find time to grind. I would say that I would say that there's kind of there's no time to grind this when I feel like there are at least more modern versions of this game in its two parts. Either pick up a Resident Evil, like pick up the new RE two that handles a lot better and still gets your uh, your sort of zombie fix, explorey, puzzly on. As well as like maybe play Amnesia, The Dark Descent, or mm, Machine for mm. Pigs if you want like spooky insanity kind of stuff. Like people have taken these in different directions, and there's a bit more variety now. So I'm not that fast that I need to play all the way through it. Um, but if you are a fan of, um, I think it's like yeah, if you're a fan of horror games. I can definitely see this sitting in there with the Silent Hills, with the early Re's, and then you probably could. But for me, it's no time to grind. I'm gonna have to agree there as well. I I love Lovecraftian horror. I love Eldritch horror, and this is a really good interpretation of it. But it's just not worth spending the time on. It's a no time to grind for me. Sorry, boys. Yeah, I, I think that's completely fair. It's just aged, and we're at a time in our lives where we can play... We have so much quality of life improvements 
that going back to this is so many steps backwards. Like even Resident Evil One is now been re-released to be easier to play, and Nintendo should they should a hundred percent even if they ported it. I think it would be better like port it add auto save, and I think a lot of people would pick it up and go, "This is great." Uh, but until they do that. And I don't think that they are actually going to do anything with this IP, which is the sad thing. Um, but until they do that, it's just going to start... It's going to be lost in time until eventually, you know, some occultist picks it up and accidentally someone's Manta Rock. We are waiting, though, for Nintendo to make that move on GameCube games. Yeah. You know, we, we really saw with each generation of console i know virtual console they said is kind of being put away now but we are in that period where they should be re-releasing soon at least digitally like do you get that feeling as well we've seen we've seen the the mini ness make sure that we keep getting ness even though we could get that back on like the wii virtual store yeah now we've had the mini snes so the gamecube is like coming so maybe this would be on like a mini GameCube. Well, if it's in the top 10 best-selling games of 2002, I'd expect that if they did a mini GameCube or if they did like a, um, released a bunch of GameCube games online, it'd be a part of that. And I would hope that they wouldn't just take the ROM and make it switch. <laughs> you, they would like you know they would. <laughs> take some time to... Um, well, like... If if Square could do it with their Final Fantasy games and make the games more accessible to more people, why not this? But Final Fantasy probably made a bit more money than this did. Like, I feel like no matter what, this is a hidden gem because it's got a lot of good reviews across the board, but I only heard it because of a YouTube video, you know? And the other thing is it wasn't made by Silicon Knights. Even though Nintendo own it, it wasn't made by them. Silicon Knights, the last thing they made was eight years ago, they made X-Men Destiny, which was no good. Oof. <laughs> Even though that looked like a really good idea as well, apparently it was not good. Yeah, sold less than half a million copies worldwide. So they're probably like, they probably just consider it a failure. Uh, by the way. Well, speaking of failures, <laughs> this has been an excellent episode. Thank you very much for listening. You and be always in the right frame of mind, okay? He's <laughs> sanity's low, quick, finish an enemy. <laughs> yeah, but I won't get as much back as I uh, lost, and then I'll just slowly go insane anyway. Did you realize that Roivus is just savior backwards? Oh my oh god! Oh my gosh, he's the <laughs> but not for us because we spell it with a U uh, here in Australia. <laughs> so, Savior, Savior. Thank you very much for listening. My name has been Adrian. I've been Matt, and I've been Michael. Next we'll time, see you. Our next Eldritch Horror in No in Time to Grind Two. Destiny's savior or whatever it was. The bastion of sanity. Ah. Now just loop back to the beginning of the podcast and then cut to... This isn't happening! <laughs>